his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. We are back. Bob Cordaro with the hour number two. As we continue to pay tribute to Charles Bud Majikas, United States Marine Corps, Korea. Born Wilkes-Barre, GAR graduate of 1948. Born this date, 1931. He's celebrating his 92nd birthday today in Ashley. His beloved Betty by his side. And he went over on a multi-hop plane flight from Camp Pendleton. And he gets there, and he's in the height of it. He's in the middle of it. He's up near the Chosan Reservoir. Some of the most brutal fighting ever. Some of the bravest American heroes ever. I've told you about the David Halberstam book that I continually reference. The Coldest Winter. And, and when I get to talk about people like Bud Majikas, I say to myself, these are the people that I re- dreamed about or read about that I could only dream about what they went through even as I'm reading it. Well, he did. And he lost a lot of friends. He came back a corporal. After being in country for the year, he came back on Christmas Day. He meets his wife, Betty. They're they're together for 68 years. Five sons. Nine grandchildren, three great-grandkids, and two more on the way. And Charlie, his son, sends in to me and his notes to me about his father are so incredibly loving, but also, you know, maybe more importantly, he admires him. He admires his father. He admires his mother. As I am sure the four remaining Majikas children do as well. Really remarkable. And they they conclude with this. This is Bud and Betty. 
Dad and Mom always taught us have faith in God, respect others, know the value of a dollar, give your boss a good day of work, and remember, no matter how bad you have it, someone has it worse. So, <laughs> not only did Bud put his life at risk and go through the horrors of war for us, he and his wife, Betty, then raised five sons. They lost one. To be great Americans and great people and live by those simple, critical values. <sighs> remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Well, another guy who's my hero uh, is with us now, and it's uh, John Perillo. Because even though it's Tuesday, it's time for Monday Musings. John, welcome. It's good to be here. How are you, sir? I'm great. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'll tell you what, not only having a grandson yesterday, but then being able to talk about Bud Majikas today, I, I couldn't have had two better days. That sounds out. I, I, I am looking forward to seeing the pictures get posted, so I assume you're going to get that done pretty quickly. I, I don't. I'm not big on that stuff. I, I, I post stuff here and there, but I, oh, okay. I, I, right. I, I, I may. So, but everybody else does that. I, somebody else will do that. <laughs> okay, we'll need to see that. I, I did want to um, thank one of your listeners last week who, who made a very interesting observation at the conclusion of our discussion on balloons that you could have a balloon uh remotely release a small device and then have it detonate at whatever altitude you wanted to that's that was a good observation it's completely true so just whoever made that observation if you're listening thank you that was that was very accurate oh um, this audience and, this audience is on it even if they're on, even if they're crucifying me they're on top of things I, well, that's, they that's, really, just, that's yeah. just for entertainment though so you gotta um but I did want to, I wanted to continue a little bit on China because I think Bob correctly in the last hour was talking about various threats and their relative measure. And China still to me is the biggest threat we face. And one of the things I wanted to concentrate on today is why is this China crisis different than any of the past struggles we've seen between representative governments and totalitarian governments in the past? And I'm going to I'm going to use the word democracy when I mean representative governments, and I recognize that we're not a democracy and we can have the whole Plato discussion at some other time, but just for ease of, of conversation. Um, and, the, the, you know, this is part of a larger global trend that I mentioned earlier. And at the height of World War II, there were about a dozen democracies in the world. By about 1989, there were still twice as many authoritarian governments as there were representative ones. And about 20 years after that, democracies outnumbered autocracies by about 100 to 80-ish. Um, and because populations aren't evenly distributed, what that meant was that the total number of people living under autocratic regimes had dropped by almost 50%. So there was this big trend towards representative governments, um, you know, post-1989, um, and that was a good both intrinsically because, you know, we believe that freedom is a good thing, but it was also uh, an important advance for the United States because representative governments tend to do better economically, which lifts everybody. And secondly, they tend to go to war less often than do totalitarian 
government. So those two things were a big plus and a big trend post-1989. Um, and when democracy was on the upswing, China saw the U.S. exploit its dominant position in the world to push what, what, what the Chinese saw as radically liberal, and I mean that as classically liberal, um, institutions in the world. So the U.N.'s 1948 Universal Declaration of Human Rights, you, you, when you read it, with the exception of gun rights, it's pretty darn close to the U.S. Bill of Rights. Right? They, we began to support democracies in places that surrounded China, like Japan and South Korea and Taiwan. And the expansion and success of those democracies allowed them to use their uh, collective economic and social power to undermine autocracies, most notably the, the USSR, the um, Soviet Union. Um, and Reagan essentially just outspent the Russians and drove them to bankruptcy. And so those things were happening in this upward trend from, say, 1989 up till about 20 years after that. I call it 09. And that was tolerable to the Chinese when their economy was booming and growing. If it was growing at that point about three times faster than some of the democracies that claimed to be superior to them. So if you remember the deal that we talked about earlier that the Chinese Communist Party has with its people, it's that essentially you leave us in power and your lives will get better economically. Order is better than freedom. And that, so that's that deal that they make with their population. Well, well that deal stops working if the people's lives aren't getting better. You, you By the way, that, that's, that's, the, that's the deal that the left-wing regressive Democrats are offering the American people. Order, I, I will leave that up to you. Freedom. Yes, I, I will leave that up to you, but that is one of the, one of the ways that uh, authoritarian governments control people. One is by force, and the other is by essentially saying, hey, look, we're going to give you order in exchange for your freedom, and that will drive economic growth, and that's a net plus to everybody. Right? That's, that's not how our founders set up our country, but that's the deal that you'll see the autocracies all over the world make. Um, and the other thing that happened at that, about that same time is that the, communist, the Chinese Communist Party saw the string of, of communist countries collapse in Eastern Europe starting in about 1989. That's this big shift towards democracy and representative governments. And at that point, the Chinese Communist Party has to become more repressive. Um, and that's why it's not enough for Xi to stop protests in China. Right? He has to stop some of the, he has to be more oppressive abroad in order for him to succeed in China. And the reason for that is that, you know, the, if the world starts trending back towards more authoritarian rule, then revolts in other countries um, are, are less likely to affect China. And again, we saw that in 89 and 90 with all these, these string of revolts against um, uh, authoritarian rule in Eastern Europe. Once one started to fall, there was a domino effect. That's what China's trying to avoid. So how do they do that? You know, how, do, how does China say, hey, I have to export my totalitarianism in order to keep the world from becoming more representative? And they, there's a couple of ways that they've been doing that. And the, and the first thing is that they spend millions on NGOs and media outlets and diplomats and advisors and hackers and all this stuff to sow discord in democracies. And, and I'm not going to make any comment about whether there were or weren't voting irregularities in the United States. Well, that's a topic for another time. But I will point out that who benefits the most from a U.S. population believing that democracy doesn't work? And I'll give you a hint. It's not the U.S. population. Yeah. Right? So when you, get, uh, yeah, when you get a feed on Facebook or when you get something that's, that, that reinforces the fact that democracy doesn't work, you know, we ought to question a little bit about where that comes from. Um, and so that, 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 this is all my setup to the – the three ways that what I think we're seeing and how this conflict 
of authoritarianism versus representative governments is different than what we have seen in the in the past. And there's well, John, a, there's let's two- let us let us do this. We're talking with John Perillo. It's the Tuesday edition of Monday Musings. We're going to take a break, do a little uh, hear from our great sponsors. We're going to do a little history, and then we'll come back with John with uh, his reason. We'll be back. I don't know if he was following the trends, but 35-year-old Bud Majikas was around when the Beatles released their hit single, Nowhere Man, celebrating his birthday, February 21st, 1966. And then 1945, Bud Majikas, 14. Birthday momentous in so many ways. During the Battle of Iwo Jima in World War II, the escort carrier USS Bismarck Sea sunk by Japanese kamikazes. 318 men are killed. And you fast forward to 19, what, 51? Just six years later, and 20-year-old Bud Majikas is an incredible danger facing sub-zero temperatures that uh, that frighten me to just even talk about. Because this is still, remember, we, we had um, Rick Bigelow on, and the battle for Iwo Jima was still raging, quite obviously, even as of this date. But we do honor... Uh, Charles Buddy Majikas, U.S. Marine Corps, Korea. Born Wilkes-Barre, currently of Ashley, celebrating his 92nd birthday today. Semper Fi, Mr. Majikas. All right, we've got uh, John Perillo, and we're continuing Monday Musings here, a Tuesday edition. Well, John Tell us the differences. What what are okay, they, so, in your view? Uh, absolutely. So there, there was a book written called The Danger Zone by a gentleman, two guys, Hal Brands and Michael Beckley, and they talk about these three major differences. And the first is that trend that I described that since 2006, when some around us were declaring that history is over, um, you know, that now democracy had won, that totalitarianism has been on the march and democracy has been receding. That, that, that fact gives China a unique opportunity to speak to citizens in other countries who are disillusioned by democracy. So as democracy starts to have its problems, as we become more tribal, you know, the Chinese are capitalizing on that. They're saying, look, you can have this disorder, you know, this messy democracy, which our founders told us we were going to have. And, oh, by the way, so did, our, so did the ancient Greeks uh, told us we were going to have. Or you can have this ordered society that we have. You know, maybe maybe you ought to make a different choice. So that's that's well, one. Well, track. John Perillo, there's two other examples, but particularly relatable to uh, places like Macau and and Hong Kong and now Taiwan. Absolutely, they essentially Absolutely they demonstrate the lie that the Chinese communists are telling their people, because you can prosper and have freedom, and in fact. You prosper more when you have freedom. So they've got to get rid of these symbols that prove they're lying. <laughs> they have to get rid of them, and they have to damage them, right? So you don't necessarily have to destroy it. All you have to do is you have to create enough doubt. And, then, and I think we can see that around us, where 
you know, we, we used to be taught in our schools uh, some of the history that shows, hey, this is what drives success in the world. This is what drives capital growth. This is why capitalism works. If you take all that out of your school system, then you, what you're left with is a system that sits there and says, why can't we be fair? Um, and, and that definition is left up in the air. And equitable, then why can't we? Equitable. And, 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 oh, you know where very different. I think being fair is very different than being equitable. They're, they're well, trying I mean, to teach we, equity. We, thank you. We want, yeah. But those are, the, those are how that battle gets won, right? We, we create doubt in the minds of the citizenry of the world that democracy actually works. So that's kind of number one. And that's helped by the fact that democracies themselves are struggling with how to, how to teach their own people the, the benefits of the system. Because if we haven't had Western civilization in the past, if we haven't been through Plato and Aristotle and, and, the, and the Enlightenment and understand the founders, then it's a lot harder to defend, to, be, you know, to have some kind of defense against what we're hearing on the other side. So that's kind of number one. The, the second is that China has more of a global reach than any other authoritarian government in the past. And, I don't know if, and your listeners remember, but just a couple of years ago, Belarus forced down an airliner that was carrying a dissident that they wanted captured. This is like, uh, 2021. Guess who headed up the uh, International Civil Aviation Organization? It was China. So China squelched any opposition to that downing of the airliner. And it, as, as democracies and as representative governments, we set up NGOs for international cooperation. And the Chinese understand that. And what and they, they have done is over. they've... They've taken them over, right? And in large now, now, but, but John Perillo, one one distinction: the Soviets had militarily a broader reach than correct. the Chinese. It was just not economically, culturally, educationally, uh, all of that. Uh, so China's reach is deeper and broader, not but but just not in the military sense as the Soviets were. Absolutely correct, and that's exactly the other half of that point, where uh, Chinese economic power is vastly different than that of Russia. Russia has an economy about the size of Virginia. And while I don't mean to disparage the fine people of Virginia, if all the Virginians in the world decide that they're not going to do something, it doesn't change world economics, right? So, but if the Chinese make a decision that they are going to boycott or do something, it does. And, and again, I'll give you another two examples. I don't know if your listeners remember, but Australia asked for an investigation about the origins of COVID. And China's response was to slap very strict economic sanctions on Australia for asking the question. That's all they did. And then on top of that, they demanded that, that uh, the Australians punish the newspapers and the news outlets that have reported the fact that Australia even asked the question. Right? And then if you remember the whole NBA saga where, the, where China is a huge uh, part of the NBA's uh, profit side, they managed, the Chinese managed to get all kinds of protests about Tibet in the NBA squelched entirely, and then you had NBA players saying, hey, you know, we have to, this is the world in which we live in, and they, you know, we might as well just shut up. Okay, that's, those are two examples of China's economic power being able to influence the debate, and I will, and if, if your listeners just think about it for a little bit, there's a lot of that out there, right? Oh, yeah. And the oh, third yeah. and, and biggest one is the digital revolution. So, uh, you know, I was, I was interested in getting a new set of spurs for my horse. Um, I, you know, I, I make a comment about that to my wife, and then this thing I know, I've got spurs popping up on my Facebook feed, and my Google search on, on, the, on the local bird comes back with advertisements for spurs, 
you know, imagine the combined power of, of Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, all in the hands of one group, the Chinese Communist Party. And then add to that AI, big data, speech and facial recognition, all in the hands of one group, right? So they, right now, our ability to track who you hang out with, who you've liked, ever thumbed up or thumbed down something, have you ever retweeted anything? Uh, AI, artificial intelligence, tracks all that stuff and then creates the profile about you in the United States, and then we use that for advertisement. But imagine if you could, if you did that in the Chinese Communist Party, and then that was used to restrict your access to credit, your bank account, your education, your employment, your medical care, telecommunications. I could shut down your phone if I wanted to. Anything. That's all that data, and that's not even the worst of it. Because what that system does is it changes the balance between democracy and authoritarianism by making repression affordable. Right? You don't need an army anymore. You don't even need a huge KGB anymore. You do it with zeros and ones. You don't need the KGB guys following around your dissident. What you do is you use facial recognition and cameras on every corner. You take that person's phone and you track who he's talked to and where he's near. You, 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 t- you create a social media experience that either you know, isolates the person you don't like or, or advances the person you do like. And then you know, has, has anybody in this country ever read that 15-page disclaimer that you get when you upgrade your app on your phone? Of course, we, we don't read it. Well, what do you think they're doing? They're taking that information and they're spelling it. Right? So uh, imagine that, that happening in such a way that you could geofence a protest, meaning you have a protest, you know who the person is who's in charge, you draw a circle around that person virtually, you identify every phone in that circle, and you know who was attending that protest. And you can either start knocking on that door. We have to go. We're way, yep. way over. I, I just I was fascinated by our conversation, and it is important stuff. Let's continue to revisit. Uh, John Perillo, thank you so much for Monday Musings, the Tuesday edition. And thank you again to you and your listeners, Bob. I always enjoy it. You have a great day. All right, my friend. We'll take a break and be back. Oh, we got the weather. Oh. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Joe Snedeker. He's back from vacay. Cloudy and breezy, scattered rain and snow showers early, and again later this afternoon, high of 47, however. Tonight, cloudy, low of 27. Tomorrow, dry for much of the morning. Mix of icy rain and snow late in the afternoon and evening, high of 42. Thursday, scattered rain showers early. Then cloudy with peaks of sun by afternoon, high of 48. Friday, windy with flurries, high of 32. And let's go to Joe in Berwick right away. Joe, are you with us? Uh, Hello, Bob. Thanks for having me on today. Sure. So, uh, you you know, the title of my my comment today here, Bob, is Ain't Liberalism Grand? What is it? Ain't liberalism grand? That's the idea, okay? (laughs) Okay. All right. So so let's take a look at something here, Bob. We just had a major disaster, you know, in in Ohio. And, I mean, the the, uh, the ecological, environmental uh, fallout from this is we we it's it's a it's astounding and, and it's just started okay but but here's the thing we have a federal government and particularly an agency whose job it is to actually handle things like this when it happens 
there's supposed to be an investigation. There's supposed to be answers. People are supposed to be held accountable. And and the the man responsible for this, when the transfer you we had the national transportation, uh, he is in his job simply because of the alternative lifestyle he lives, has absolutely no competency. Now, now look at what happened here, Bob. I understand, and I can be corrected on this if I'm wrong, I understand that the rail line that was being used when, when that happened is already back in use again. So they, 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 there's no way they conducted a thorough investigation if there are trains running on it again because it would have had to have been shut down, and we don't have any answers. We, in the news, what have we heard? We got no answers. What happened? Here's the other thing, Bob. I understand that uh, after 9-11, there were limits on how much hazardous chemical could be hauled at one time. And there's a real serious question about uh, what, was this, uh, tr- were these trains actually exceeding that amount when this happened. But again, we don't know anything. There's no media asking anything. And nobody seems to care because the only thing that's important is that, is that we have a man with an alternative lifestyle uh, heading up one of our major agencies of federal government. And what what are they doing during all this? I, I do you have any answers? Because I don't. <laughs> no, he does. He does nothing. He does zero. He does not understand the department he's in charge of. He's in charge of an agenda. That's it. Incompetence okay. is irrelevant to this gang. And and I'm happy you brought it up today, Joe, because the people in Ohio are suffering because of it. And these kinds of accidents well, happen. This is not Joe Biden's fault. It's not Donald Trump's no. fault, as they're actually trying to say. It's not Pete Buttigieg. But their response has been horrendous. And I appreciate yeah, the call, sure. Joe. We we got to go, yeah. my friend, because I, I ran us way that's behind. Good. But thank you, my thank friend. You. Good points. Hey, guys, you know that I like to go out and eat and drink. And because I talk about, about it all the time, uh, I think, you know, maybe sometimes I know my stuff about these kinds of things. And Saturday, I got a chance to go up to Highbridge House. And it's been a secret, but it isn't anymore. Because if you haven't been there, you, you, you just have to go. We were actually surprised at how quick the ride was from Scranton. It's a cozy, secluded spot on Route 502 Springbrook with amazing food, great drinks, and the ambiance outstanding. The hybrid, and, and by the way, I never want to overlook the staff. I mean, the people that work there, they're just fabulous. They're happy to be there. They're happy you're there. You, you know, you that means so much to the experience. It really does. And they know their jobs. So the hybrid house is fine dining, but I told you, I paid for eight people, and I'm stunned at the price still to this day. Uh, and everybody ate and drank everything they wanted. It's economical. It truly is. And they've got daily specials, so check out hybridhouse.com to see their updated menu and all the specials. They offer on-site, which is a gorgeous facility, and off-site catering. Your house or theirs, still great food. Last-minute party pans, Hybridge House can handle it. 
So take it from me. Get to the hybrid house. Try the shrimp Mexicali. I had it with beer. I was in heaven. Check out the beautiful fish tanks. I pointed out to Cutie. I said, now, if you aggravate me, Cutie, I'm just going to look at the tanks. And I'll have fun that way. So behave. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I'd be dead. Enjoy a great meal and a great price. Take the family. Take your friends. Meet up with your group or just an old pal you haven't seen in a long time. Make sure you tell them I sent you. Hi, Bridge House. We're back. Bob Cadaro with you. W-I-L-K. And... Uh, so many texts, I can't, I'm not able to keep up with it. But I can tell you, Scranton's guardian gal checked in. LTS, back at you. Uh, my son, Peter, who was a Marine, is a, well, you'd never, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. That's what Bud Majikas says. Uh, and he said, anyone at uh, the Frozen Chosen definitely earned the right to be introduced <laughs> why he, he understands why I introduced Buddy Majikus on his birthday uh, before I mentioned my grandson Benjamin Robert because that's right he was at he was at one of the frozen chosen Charles Buddy Majikus United States Marine Corps Korea lives in Ashley now celebrating his 92nd birthday today. Born Wilkes-Barre, GAR class of 1948. He took that long island-hopping flight to Korea on those wooden benches. This uh, Purple Heart recipient spent a year in country over there. He was there for his birthday when he was 20. <sighs> Remarkable. Well, it's time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. We'll take this break, hear what's happening in business, and then come back to you on the Bob Cordaro Show. February 21st, 1970. Bud Majakis was celebrating his 49th birthday, 39th birthday. And Creedence Clearwater Revival came in with this hit, number nine to number five, double-sided hit single, traveling band, Who'll Stop the Rain? Yeah. 39-year-old Bud Majikas. And someone, by the way, was I, I was saying it wrong. Someone nicely texted in that it's Bud Majikas. And I, his, his son told me that. But the P-Brain could not hold all of the information. But this Purple Heart recipient that we honor today, having a birthday, we're having it with him, we're celebrating. And But it's the day after my grandson's birth, so this is good stuff. Uh, let's go to TJ from Wilkesbury. He has an update on petition signings. TJ, how are you? Hey, Bob. Doing really good. I just want to call and thank you and Nikki. I'm going to call Nikki, too. Uh, we did have the petition signing for some of the Luzerne County Council. Some of them showed some new uh, candidates 
that are seeking election showed, and uh, we got around 100 signatures, which was fantastic. Fantastic. And hard to do. Wow. Yes. Yes. Uh, Joe Glantee's over at Glantee's Auto is, and, and, and his brother Dave and the family over there, uh, they're just so welcoming, and they're just so helpful. And, and it, it was a really – people just came in, signed the petitions, and really, I, I thought we were going to get 40-50. We almost got doubled back. Nice. That's great. I'm yeah. telling you, I'm so happy. Yeah, it's, it's, TJ, listen, next time next time you got something going on to, to help uh, defend this democracy, you let us know here, and we'll be happy to give you the airwaves, okay? I think we're going to have a – I think we're, uh, Thursday or Friday I may call. I think we're going to have one up in Hazleton. The southern part of Luzerne County is, uh, you know, neglected a lot, especially, yep. you know, because most of the numbers are in Luzerne. But I think we're going to do something there. I will call and let you, Nikki, know. And then right. before that, we're going to actually do some debates with the candidates. So I'll let you know about oh. that, hopefully. All right. Frank Andrews will be here for me Thursday and Friday. He gets the return for a couple of days. So that's good oh, stuff. Oh, good. Gets, Thank- well, let him know I'll be calling. <laughs> All right. Thank you, TJ. Appreciate it. No, let's, go to, let's go to Jim from Wilkes-Barre about the Ukraine. Hey, Jim. Hey, Bob. How are you? Yes, you do. Good, good. So, um, just one thing before I get into the Ukraine. Did you see that study that came out on the vax or natural immunity? No. They did a study, 65 countries. I don't know how many people. Uh, They said the natural immunity was at least as good as the vax. I I suspect it's better because, well, natural immunity, we don't know what the vax is going to do to you yet. Yeah, so and, and Jim, why better. why suspend our common sense? Because it's a crisis. It was really everything they told us to do and everything they forced us to do was wrong. <laughs> Unbelievable. COVID. But let, it, but let us move on. You called about Ukraine. Fire away on that. Right. Okay. If people don't understand that this was all kabuki theater, I've got a couple, three points for you to ponder. Okay. Rumor has it the White House called. Putin and told him that Biden was going to be there. Please well, that's don't the, that's drop been, a that's been, pounder. Yeah, that's been widely reported. That is accurate. Number two, CNN reporter had been on the ground there for five days. He said the entire time he was there, never heard a, a air raid siren or a bomb go off until Biden got there. Correct. And number two, did you watch the clip of uh, Biden and Zelensky nonchalantly strolling around the streets of Kiev while the yes. air raid sirens are going off, yes. while they're surrounded by Secret Service agents. Now, you really want to tell me that our Secret Service is so incompetent that they're going to allow the President of the United States to nonchalantly stroll around a city that's under air attack? <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, look at. It was, I have mixed thoughts on it. It was, I think it was an important visit. I think, as usual, political people overblow these things. Uh, But I thought there was value in it. I just wish he had gone to Ohio as well. I really do. I agree. There was value in it. But please don't ask me to pull your finger. (laughs) <laughs> really <laughs> all right my friend thank you so much jim 
We're going to take a break here at the top of the hour. It is time for the news with Paula Degnan. The Bob Cadaro Show rolls on after she tells us what's happening. WYLK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. Will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.